Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. If you feel like your life is stuck in a rut, this is the show for you. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of beyond the rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry, and in just a moment, Brandon is going to join us as we have a conversation with freelance photographer and business coach, Vincent Pugliese. Vincent has had a wonderful career as a freelance photographer, and he now helps other people succeed in the same field, uh, and he just has a great story to share. So Brandon and I brought him on board, and we had him share it, because we figured you might like that. Before we begin, though, if you haven't already subscribed to our show, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, whether you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever else you can access podcasts. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button, never miss an episode again. Now, if you're ready to rock and roll, we are. Let's begin. All right, Brandon, uh, welcome back to your own show. How have you been? I like to practice my counting. Yeah, and I help you with that every time we record. <laughs> I feel great about that. It's my. We should probably move on to number four now. I think I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll do a longer <laughs> countdown next time. All right, so anyway, we're not here to show off your counting skills. Uh, we actually brought in from the East Coast, uh, Vincent Puglesi. And I hope I said that right because I should have practiced that before. Very but... close. Much better than most people do. <laughs> Uh, cool. I was copying Andy Storch. So I was going to say, I was listening to him do it going, maybe I'll get it right. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm not going to say it at all. <laughs> so note to self, tweet Andy. He was wrong. Yeah. He messed me up. Okay. <laughs> and you're, are you in Pittsburgh? Is that? Yes. Okay. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Good college buddy of mine, big Steelers fan. And he loves that city, except he won't move there. I don't know why, but he won't move. Maybe, maybe it's yeah. the winners. It might be the winners. It might be. Yeah, he's a California sissy, so that can be a deterrent. <laughs> Six feet of snow and cold air. And, We've know. left the last two winners to go out to Arizona and out west because we didn't want to deal with it either. So <laughs> there you go. There you go. Absolutely. Now we actually met on Facebook, and then I got to see you live in person when I went to Podcast Movement 2019 in Orlando, Florida. And then it clicked. Like as I was leaving, I'm like, it's that Vincent. Like Vincent on Facebook was the Vincent on stage during my orientation. And I didn't go say hi. Oh. So uh this is like one hundred percent twenty twenty hindsight. I reached out to Vincent. I said, Hey, Vincent, I'd uh I'd love to have you on the show. And he said, Yes. And I have an ulterior motive, of course, because Vincent knows, and you kind of know, because you, you sometimes remember. No, he has nothing to do with Rob Lowe. Oh. Uh, oh. But Vincent's <laughs> career uh, was, at, and still is, as a photographer professionally. And I've got a son who just went off to college to study photography because as he wants amateur. to do it. Uh, well, he was an amateur going in. I, hopefully, <laughs> when he comes out, he'll be a pro. Cool. And so I've made listening to Vincent's show. Uh, almost mandatory listening. So I keep texting him. But what go. I got to do is text these links to his roommate and have his roommate play the episodes <laughs> into the room. Because, you know, if it comes from dad, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So anyway, that's some homeless guy told me to listen to it. Now I'm doing it. That's what kids do. That's my hope. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've got, we've got a hack around that. I have my kids edit my, my oldest edit my transcripts of the podcast. And then he has to listen to it. So without even telling him to do it, he, he's kind of forced to listen to it. And then he gets to hear it. 
That, that is brilliant. I like that idea. If I could go back in time, that is exactly what I will do. <laughs> <laughs> I'll borrow Pat Flynn's DeLorean. That's what I'll do. Yeah. I tried to pay one of my kids to read a book once. I said, if you read it and do like a two-page report on it, I'll give you like 20 bucks or something. They were like, nah. <laughs> I need hungrier kids, I think. There you go. There you go. Uh, so the reason why we asked you on also uh, was to share with us. Um, so you've, you've got a business, you're helping people be freelance artists and to do it in a thriving way. Um, and I think I just gave away the, the beans right there. But anyway, <laughs> why don't you go ahead and There's tell us, uh, what is the rut that you help people get out of? It's a great question because there's, I think there's many, a lot of what I'm noticing more and more, it is a fear of giving up security. And, and oh, yeah. I, we can go in like 50 different directions, but that is one that it just keeps coming back over and over again. It's a fear and then limiting beliefs on what they really think they can accomplish. Right. And, and I've been asking often, like, if I can give you the money for the next year, but you have to work, will you still be doing what you're doing right now? And almost every time it's no. Right. And when they realize it's money that's holding them there, it, it really changes the way they, they look at everything. I think of all the people we've had on the show probably a very, very small percentage were kind of forced out of that rut because of a job loss or major tragedy. The ones that really are happy are the ones that forced themselves out yep. because it was the security, not the loss that yeah. caused it. You know, I'm staying because I'm scared. Yeah. Scared of what? Scared. And I, and I try to say to them, like, do you remember a time when you were broke and happy? And they're like, yeah, when I was college, I was nine. I was in college. I was nineteen. I had the best time. I had I had like forty bucks, <laughs> but you were happy, yeah, because you didn't get these expectations. And then these things that you get now, you are so afraid of losing them that you don't actually do what you want to do. And that's what I deal with so many people. Right. So you're protecting the you know so called security at the risk of actual happiness, but. But this doesn't make you happy. And, you know, one guest we had described it as checking into jail every day. Yeah, you know, job you jail climb run. the yeah. stairs and you check yourself into your cell and close the door. And at the end of the day, you leave. And I'm like, but there's no lock on the door. You're choosing <laughs> to lock that door. There, There's nothing there. I, I would have put it. I put it in my book, but we actually had to change it last minute because you can't use music lyrics in a book. So from the oh. Eagles, the first line was oftentimes it happens we live our lives in chains and we never even know we have the key and there's there's a lot and that's exactly what you're just describing right that we put ourselves into it and then we're afraid because like well i can't give this up and now i have kids and how do i do this without that and and i I say all the time and it's jerry it's it's an episode coming up the podcast was like kids aren't expensive parents are expensive oh yeah (laughs) It's the parents that do it. The kids are the kids are the one you buy a two hundred dollar toy for, and they play with the box. Yes, right. I want to go back in time and tell my wife. (laughs) It's the parents that like. Well, you need to play lacrosse because I did. I didn't get to do it, or you need to go to this college, and it's not what the kids always want. And I always ask parents too. You know, your parents didn't do that for you, but you turned out pretty good. So why are you trying to do something for your kids that you didn't have? Because the great biographies of the world are all filled with single parent families or kids that grew up on the street or they had to work their way through college or whatever it was and they become a success. But yeah. we think, oh, I've got to pay my kid a thousand dollars a week to make him happy. And it's like, but that doesn't work. We're buying security that doesn't exist. No. And, and success is a scary thing in a lot of ways it's because I can tell you the people that we're, that we are inspired by. They're rarely the children of the famous athlete. 
Right. I hate to say it. They really are. <laughs> yeah. Because when you grow up not needing to do it and not having that fire and that hunger, and you have all the time, you have all the money to blow on drugs or whatever, right? They're not the ones that are inspiring us. It's the ones that are in a really tough spot that have to fight their way out of it that inspire us. So right. success is scary in a lot of ways in that way. So how do you get people past that, that the whole concept of when you were 19 in college, the most you could lose was $40, but you didn't care that much because it was $40. Why? Yep. How do you get them past that now when they say, yeah, but I got a mortgage and a car and six figure salary. Yeah. yeah. It, it, I, I say a couple of things. I say my big, my big advantage over, over everybody is I don't need much and I don't care what you think. <laughs> right. And, and when I say that, I don't need much. It gets rid of all that stuff because everybody feels like they need more than they do. Well, I can't give up the car. I can't give up the house. And I'm worried what my mom's going to think. What's my dad going to think because he paid for college and now I'm going to go become this? Right. That's where it all comes. And when you don't care what people think and you don't need much, I have such an advantage over everybody because I have no expectations on that. Right. And, and so it allows me to quit. So we didn't, we had a six figure wedding photography business. And, and literally four years ago, I came home to my wife and I said, okay, I am tired of photographing drunk people dancing at 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> I did. And right. we were doing great. And our house was paid off. And I, and I said, I can't do it. And, and I think a lot of people, their spouse would be like, but we can't give that up. Yeah. Money has to go up. And right. she looked at me and she said, and we're both the photographers. She said, okay. She goes, what are we going to do? I said, I've been coaching photographers on business. So I really think I could turn this into something. And we had, we booked another year out and I, and that's exactly how everything that I'm doing now started by killing something that was secure because it was not what I wanted to do anymore and building something. And every single time it gives you that fire, the 19 year old, if I got to do this, I think when you get so complacent in something and comfortable, you don't want to try something different. So as soon as it gets really comfortable and easy we start finding a way to kill it and do something different. That's so important because I think we find a way to keep it easy and maintain it. And so we can kind of coast through life, which we say all the time, we're all going to end the same way. You know, at some point in the next 50 to 75 years, we're all going to kick off. So why try to maintain this security when you can be scared? Because, you know, if you're not passionate about taking people's pictures at a wedding, then stop doing it. Stop Go doing do it. something that you're passionate about. And it's just money. And it's so easy to say that, but I've met a lot of really, really wealthy people. A lot of we- and, and money is not the answer. And Jim Carrey says it. He goes, I wish everybody could become rich and successful and realize, rich and famous, and they realize that it's not the answer. And the answer everybody says is like, yeah, I get that, but I want to figure out first. I want to see yes, it first, right? right? Yeah. But but money is great. I, I will. I mean, I love it. It's done so much for our family. You could be really generous with it. But when that's the answer for what you're doing, you're you're basically it owns you. It owns you at that point. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use CapShow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long form content like podcast episodes or YouTube videos into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. 
Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Now, when you gave up the other business and you said you killed it, like, did you kill it instantly and then that forced you into coaching or did you gradually, because you said you booked out a year also. So, how did that look anyway? We just really didn't take any more clients. And we knew we had enough coming in for the next year, a little over a year to do it. And if there was a good one here and there, we would do it. But my mental focus, aside from those clients, was was gone. It was (laughs) was not building the website. It was not blogging. It was, how do I become better at this thing that that I'm a beginner at? And that was so exciting to me. There's two points there too that you made that A, you put in the work to get good at what the thing you wanted to do ultimately, yep. but also you you realized that your focus wasn't there. And I'm yep. sure somebody's listening to this right now, probably in their car driving to a job they don't really like, and they don't even remember the last mile they drove because yeah. they're just kind of you know on cruise. They're just yep. doing what they're supposed to be doing instead of focusing on something. And and to me, that's what freedom is. It's it's I have the freedom to not do anything I don't want to do anymore. Right. And we got to the point financially where we could. And now you got you got to go through hard times, go through it. And so many people like like I'll get messages. Well, I'm I'm a new coach. I've got one client, but it's not growing. And I'm like and like well, I tried Facebook ads, it's not working. About and like that's the absolute wrong. Like you need raving fans. Go coach people for free while you're making money over here. Oh yeah, right. You got to go do this. Every and people, this is not popular on podcasts. Everybody started stuff for free. Every business we've ever done that's turned out successful, we did for free. I did sports photography for, for two years, sneaking into stadiums so I could meet people and get. But no, what's the hack? And there is no hack. <laughs> right. It, well, it's, it's go go do the work. It's like when you go to a food court in the mall. You, what do you guarantee to get every time you walk past the Chinese food stand? Yeah, you're getting a free sample Absolutely. every time. Yeah, because they're trying to get you to come to them and. And half the time it works. And yeah. <laughs> it, it seems like a cliche. And I know somebody's listening thinking, well, yeah, everybody always says that, you know, money doesn't buy happiness and follow your passion and all that kind of stuff. But don't miss the underlying message of there's a lot of work behind the scenes that nobody sees. You know, nobody saw the first 2,000 photographs you took because nobody nope. cared and nobody wanted them and nobody paid you for them. Nope. But you got to take those so you can get to the better ones. You've got to do the work. Exactly. Exactly right. It's it's every single time. And and even now, you know, now we started a podcast a month and a half ago. It's work. You've got to get people, <laughs> you're starting over. But what happens is when you can build a network around you, which we've done through every career we've done, it gets easier and easier. So when we launched the podcast, having a network around people that trust you and they know you, they spread the word, they leave reviews, they it start so this is every every new venture becomes easier because of the network you build around you. And a lot of people don't do that. You build the relationships. So even though maybe this person that's your fan and doing a good review for you may not have anything to do with your current business, but they've have a relationship with you. So they're your, they're, they're your cheerleader now. So you don't burn the bridges. No. And and I think a lot, because I think so many people are short-term thinkers. How can I get what I need to get to? And I don't think that way. I think three years down the road all the time. So my podcast does not need to be successful now. I want to just do a daily episode for three years straight. Because if I could do a thousand episodes in a row, I know the results that will happen from that. Seth Godin, who's a big mentor of mine, said, I never had a pod, I never had a blog go viral. 
I just wrote 10,000 straight blog posts. <laughs> right. But, but that doesn't sell well because people don't want to hear that. What's the hack? Yeah. And, 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 and they're, they're, people don't want to hear that there's not one. It's hard work is the hack. Yeah. In fact, uh, ourselves, our own show, we, we were just kind of like, we're not seeing traction, but we're now seeing traction. We're like, hey, this is kind of neat. Yep. Well, it's four years later. This is going to be episode 190 something. I, I haven't done the math yet on that one, but yeah, I, I totally res, uh, what you just said resonates with me. There we go. I want to say it that way. <laughs> and Seth Godin even says, because somebody asked him, you know, well, I know that there's a shortcut to the 10,000. How do I get there? And he, he says, you can't skip the first 9,000, but you can skip the last 9,000. And this, there was this college kid and he was like, what do you mean? He goes, quit. He goes, that's the only way you quit or only way you can skip the 9,000 is to just quit and not do it anymore. I, I just think it's really difficult right now because I think so many people feel like I want to become a YouTube sensation. I want to have this many followers. And it, it really comes down to having people that trust you that will, I mean, this is what people don't get. 87% of jobs happen from referral. Oh, yeah. But you can't no sell that. You can't put that into a course because it's too easy in some ways because that means people have to know and trust you. And you have to – that doesn't just happen. But if you can give me the five steps to get more LinkedIn followers that I can get passive income, those are the people that want it so badly and they wind up getting frustrated over and over again. Right. Or they say, how do I get people to trust me quickly, like today? How can I get like 600 people to trust me? It's like you can't in a day. It's a lifetime of relationship. If they weren't desperate, then that's the question I said in the very beginning. If you didn't need the money, but you had to work, it would be so different. They wouldn't be trying to collect as many followers as possible. That principle is, is, you know, just true across the board. You can save money by little bit little deposits every day. You can Mm -hmm. get in shape by doing an exercise every day. You know, you can eat better. You can invest in your family, a relation. Everything is small deposits every day. It's consistency. And and it's it's hard because it's like Will Smith, I heard him say, he goes, it's so much easier to stay in shape than it is to get in shape. (laughs) Right. Right. So when you're out of shape, what's the quick fix? How can, what pill can I take to lose 70 pounds? But if you never have to lose those 70 pounds, you're not thinking the same way. You right. think I just need to run for 40 minutes or I need to go to the gym for 20 minutes and I'm going to be fine. Right. And that's where I try to get people to, to where they're in shape and then they can really do what they want to do and, and decide I don't need the money. So, but I got to work because I can tell you if you have four months on the beach, you have freedom and you have the money, you're going to get bored out of your mind. <laughs> right. Exactly. So you're going to want to do, and that's why the whole five movement, it's cool and everything, but I think it's misguided because you're, that's great to get to five financial independence, but you're still going to want to do something when you're 43 years old. Right. So why not just start doing that now? One thing that you said earlier, I said a while back was, you know, I don't really have to do anything I don't want to do now. And I said that to somebody and I think it might've actually been Jerry. I can't remember now, but later that afternoon I had to help my daughter-in-law move a couch and I, I don't, may not have been Jerry, but I texted him and I said, Actually, that wasn't true. Sometimes I do have to do things I don't really want to do. <laughs> Those are just the way life goes. You can't have complete independence. There's always going to be something you have to have to do. But if you're doing mostly what you want to do, it really doesn't matter when that happens. No. And at the same time, if you're, if you're constantly looking to grow, you don't mind those struggles. Right. I don't mind learning how to do the podcast. I don't mind learning how to grow it and, and get better at it because I'm growing. So 
the things that I want to do, I'm growing with. I'm now speaking. Okay, now I got to get better at that. It's hard, right? You got to get better. All of it's difficult, but I love the idea of getting better than yesterday. And that's what I want to do. So that's what I get to do. But it's not doing, it's not doing something stagnant. That is just the same monotonous thing over and over again when somebody else controls my schedule. Because we, we have three kids and we homeschool. And when I'm done here, I'm playing with them. I was just thinking about what Vincent just said there, like uh, being able to work, shut that off, be with his family. You know, that's like the ultimate lifestyle business right yeah. there. It's not the, I'm on the beach on my laptop doing, you know, not yeah. what you're doing. Uh, it's, you know, he's where he wants to be, when he wants to be there. And and I was just reflecting on, yeah, that's exactly how we scheduled the time to be together too. Because we, we normally, now everybody else who's a podcast guest on our show, earmuffs. Um, we, we batch record on Saturdays, but we made an exception for Vincent. Well, he paid us $3,000 oh. too. So uh, the army must keep that money. Cause yeah. I thought I it was 30 grand. Oh yeah. It was oh. 30 grand. That's what it was. <laughs> so if you want us to record on uh, a Tuesday at three o'clock, it's only 30 grand. We'll do it. Uh, it. It's such a great concept of you get to make decisions differently but enjoying the process is really the important part. You know, Michael Jordan used to say, it's not winning the championship. It's putting in all that work to get there that yep. you have to enjoy. Because if you only enjoy the championship, it will disappoint you because it's over in an instant and everybody starts talking about next year and they just move on. So you got to enjoy the process of getting there. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's so true. And, and we learned this firsthand. You know, I would photograph professional athletes. I remember talking to Deion Sanders about this and the most depressing time in his life was right after he won the Super Bowl. And because his whole life was about winning the Super Bowl. And I see a lot of people in entrepreneurship. When I get to this point, when I make six figures, when I quit my job, blah, blah, blah. And so he got, when I win the Super Bowl and he's in Miami and they beat the Chargers and they win the Super Bowl. And he said to himself, is this it? Yep. And he almost committed suicide that off season oh, because geez. everything that he thought it would be wasn't. Right. And what the fun stuff is, is November 11th, at practice as you're getting ready for the game versus Green Bay and how is it going to go? And I'm growing. It's right. not the winning. And that, but th- you're right. That's what we do. If I just got a job here or I just bought a house or I could get this truck, then I'll be happy. And and you won't be. Everybody listening that doesn't have stuff thinks you will be, but you really won't because it only lasts for a second. You got to enjoy the process of earning it. it. And it's only new for so long. You're that car. You know, when your son comes along the side with his bike and puts that big scratch in it a month later, it's not new anymore. And what are you going to go buy another new car? So you have that feeling again. It's like, it doesn't matter. And I think that's it. I talked to so many people like you want to get there to where you get to the money, you know, where you can buy anything. And then when you realize you get there, you don't even want that stuff. I've heard that so often. And, And this is not against money. I am all for it because I think money relieves stress to a certain point. I know a lot of people are stressed out because there aren't, and I get, I've been there being up at three o'clock in the morning and like wondering about that. You could be really generous with money. You know, you can take that money. You can go to conferences and meet people like Jerry where we get to hang out. Like that's, and you you can take Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off. That's important, right? For your relationships. But there's a reason why you want that money for certain things. And, and I can tell you this, and this is the reason why I think you should try to become successful and, 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 and make good money is that I never found anything noble in not, having any money. I couldn't help anybody. I was so selfish when Mm -hmm. I didn't have money. It was all about how do I get the next job? How do I get it? I'm telling you when you're wrapped up in yourself and you're making a little bit of money and you need to make more, the last person you're thinking about is somebody else besides yourself. Yeah, that's so true. Yep. Yep. 
And that's why people that don't make money wind up not making more money because it's it's they're wrapped up in themselves. Yeah, right. You're hurting yourself. If they're attached to that sense of security that they think money brings them. We were just talking earlier about how people don't make that leap of faith towards their dream because they're holding on to what they think is security. And so if you get that kind of relationship with money and material things, then yeah, it becomes hard to you know just kind of say, you know what, that person needs it more than I do. Here, here you go. And that's when you really make that impact. And same with your time too, because, you know, it's like, well, I'm not going to do that. They're not going to pay me for that time. And yeah. I hear that all the time from certain people on both sides of my family, both the in-laws <laughs> and the ones that I was born mm. with. Yeah. And every time I, you know, every weekend, you know, my wife and I, we go volunteer in our church. And if there's an opportunity to volunteer outside of that, we do it. And they would look at us like, I, I would hear my father, my father-in-law doesn't hear the show. So <laughs> uh, I can get away with this. Watch, this is the one weekend he subscribes. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so if I get beat up, y'all know why. My other father-in-law, uh, not you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it, but anyway, you know, he would say things like, well, they paying you for that? And we're yeah. like, you know, we're doing this for the poor. <laughs> and like, yeah. this isn't for a paycheck. We already have a paycheck. They don't have one. That's why we're doing this. And mm-hmm. well, they're not paying you? Well, why are you spending so much time there? And it's like, you know, we're, we're provided for. We're good. Yeah. This is the impact we want to have. And, 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 it, so. and it just makes you a better person when you do that. Yeah. Right. I think too, like you said, people with money, like I, I can imagine somebody that makes more than a hundred thousand having a really hard time starting a business or, or, or closing down a business to go do something else than somebody who makes, you know, $20,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And we were there. We were, I was there making $32,000 a year at a newspaper photography job and I got, you know, I won international sports photographer of the year and they gave me a 3% raise. Mm. <laughs> and, I, and, and I'm like this, and we have a, literally a month out from having our first baby. And I said, it's, I said at that point, it's over. And I went to my, my dad who helped me out because I called him up to see if I could work for him. And, and I said, can I do some work? And he said, no. So even my dad turned me down, 22, <laughs> uh, 32 wow. years old at this point. And he said, and he said something that changed my life. He goes, no, you have a skill, but you're not using it correctly. Wow. So I said, what do you mean? It's like, you're settling for $32,000 a year when you can go shoot weddings, corporate, commercial, all this other stuff. And it was easier at that point because now I just need to build a business that equals that, right? right. I got to make 30 grand. <laughs> yeah. Which seemed hard when you only make 30 grand at a job. That still seemed like a lot. But when you're making 100, 120, the idea to replace that is really scary. But the other thing is, I don't, we don't really need 100. And what, right. what it did was it allowed us to make a whole lot more because we didn't do it for the money. Right. We did it because we let us build the next thing that we really want to do. And when you're passionate about something, you put those extra thoughts and time into it. And, and that's what people listening really need to hear because you need to be up late. You need to be up early. You need to put in the extra effort when nobody's watching in order to build that. <clears throat> Just like you said, there's not a shortcut. You can't just sleep in on Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday, make a hundred grand, Thursday, go to the beach. You know, you've got to put in that time to build those relationships. Yep. And it is, the, it's the relationships because that, that is the key. It's, uh, Richard, Robert Kiyosaki has a great line. He goes, most people work to, I'm, how did he say it? They, they work to make money. They work to get jobs. The rich work to build a network. Yeah. Right. And they work and to learn. You, I think it's another thing he says. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you're building your network because those are the ones that you, when you refer somebody, like if I say I have somebody, I see a job opening. Hey, Jerry, he's a great person for you. That's going to happen so much quicker than you applying for a job. Oh, yeah. So, so if you don't know people, it, it puts you at such a disadvantage. 
Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about your book. It It's out now or it's about to come out? It's out. No, it just yeah, Okay. About a year and a half ago, it was published January last year and uh, it's called Freelance to Freedom. And it's our journey. The first half is our journey from kind of that story I just told about when, you know, when I was at the crossroads with my job to starting a business and then really just focusing on that while doing the job and putting that, like you said, the late nights and the early mornings and then going to where we built that up to where it became a six figure business. We paid off our house. We paid off all of our, all of our loans, became debt free, did the whole Dave Ramsey thing, quit our jobs and then a life of freedom. And then we did that for over 10 years. And then the second half of the story are the phases, how anybody could do that from right. starting out being discontent to a total life of freedom. I like the story you told about going to the bank to pay off your house and they ask if you won the lottery or something. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah, because we were such a mindset. 30, yeah. I was 36. My wife was 30. Like, did you win the lottery? And we're like, no, <laughs> not, not exactly. <laughs> because I think people just didn't do that. So that was, it was interesting. Right. It's such a mindset difference too. I mean, to, to build the wealth and financial freedom with hard work versus, you know, those who did you think, get lucky. Yeah. Did you get lucky? <laughs> well, did somebody die and give you a bunch of money or did you win the lottery? And, yeah. I want to win the lottery. And, or did you go to Vegas? And it's like, no, I took my skills and I used it the right way. And I, yeah, I monetized it just right and yep. provided value. And here I am. And, and I, I love that mindset shift and it, and it's alien. I don't know why more people don't think this way, but it is, it, yeah. it's the most common sense thing ever. And so few of us actually do it. Mm-hmm. It's not complex. And that's the whole thing. Exactly. It's like every once in a while, like we'll say this and somebody's like, this is brilliant. I'm like, it's not brilliant. It's actually really just basic. Yeah. yeah. You, you don't go out buying a bunch of stuff just to impress a bunch of people you don't know. You, you say, like yeah, sometimes it's like, I don't even like them, but I bought a car to impress <laughs> them. So why? Uh, I mean, you, you spend less than you earn and then all that extra you pour back into buying assets mm-hmm. to things that make money for you. So then your dollars are going to work for you over time while you get to do what you want. And- Which is and, and I love that you brought that up, Jerry, because because this is the main thing. This is a real frustrating thing I see a lot is is like people invest in the stock market or they buy their houses, but they don't invest yeah. in themselves. And the best thing I ever did was my wife, I have just the best wife. And we just, we said 10% of our income is going to go back into ourselves at least every year. And even when we weren't doing well, I was going to conferences. You know, when, when income was down, I was still spending probably 20%, but I was meeting people. I was meeting the endorsements that I got in my book, the Seth Godin, John Lee Dumas, Pat, that all came from going to conferences or investing in them as coaches. All these things that built my network and really changed my mindset on my, my own limiting beliefs of what I thought I could do. Because yeah. I always thought that's for other people. And then you see other people doing it, I'm like, wait, why can't I do this? So investing in yourself is, is the greatest investment. And, and it's hard because nobody sees you invest in yourself. There's no fanfare. Nobody claps for you. There's no nope. trophy until you get further down the line. And they're like, wow, how did you get Seth Godin? Well, I invested in a relationship over a period of years. I didn't just call him and say, hey, here's a check. Will you you know, endorse my book? It's consistency that changes just like savings or nutrition or Same exercise. Thing. You know, there's, there's just no shortcut. No, when you, when you were watching the, the Ohio State football game, I was driving to New York to go to a, a one-day Q&A with Seth Godin and spending a good amount of money. So I got to ask him one question, 
But that right. one question led to a relationship that led to that. And then he came onto a call with our mastermind. And every bit of that is social proof. But that came from doing that four years ago. Yeah, exactly. Nobody sees you driving to New York or, no. you know, eating fast food in order to just keep on the road and get there and get back and everything else because it, and, it's not flashy. And being away from your kids. Everybody's like, oh, I can't do I don't want to leave my family. And I'm like, this is the best thing. The best thing I ever did for my family often was leave to go to something like that because now I'm here with them whenever I want. Right. And it's short-term pain for long-term success. Exactly. And and like you said, there it it's not brilliant. It's just common sense stuff. If you if you plan it, if you build the plant the seeds and you know really build the foundation, then you can do things. So if we bring your kids in and say, okay, what does dad do? He really doesn't do anything all day. He talks on the computer sometimes. And, yeah, 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 exactly. Because they didn't see you driving to New York. They didn't see you at three o'clock in the morning sending emails and trying to get leads and everything else. It's like they just think you kind of goof up because you did the work before. They, and which allows me to be so much more efficient in my work now. So I spend more time with my kids than I think most people do. But when I do work, it's very efficient on very focused things. And then as things grow and as your relationships grow, you know, just one message to somebody might get you a speaking gig where somebody else might have to work a year or two years just doing blog posts. Like it, it, everything just goes faster at that point. What are some of the tools that you use to work more efficiently? I, I know that wasn't a planned question, but <laughs> it just popped up. I'm like, that's a good question to know. That's a good yeah. answer to know. What tool do you mean? Like, like technical? Like, uh, just like processes and things that, you know, to make yourself be able to focus on the things that matter most. So what are the things that you use to handle all the stuff that doesn't give as much impact to your overall business? My mo- if, if anybody read my book, I have a thing called The Hour of Giving. And this changed what we do because like I mentioned before, in terms of when I say people are struggling because they're selfish, that's because it was me. Like that's <laughs> yeah. because it was me. So I had the success. I had shot the Super Bowls, the World Series, yeah. you know, were financially free, but I felt kind of like we talked about earlier, I felt kind of empty because it was all about me. It's, 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 hey, look at me at the Super Bowl. Hey, I'm traveling here. It's me. So I have all these great stories to tell, but once the stories were done, nobody was really inspired. Nobody was really helped by it. And mm-hmm. that really hurt. So <laughs> what I started when I did, okay, if you're going to do this, you need to change. So I said, okay, first thing I need to do is I need to be more generous. I need to be more helpful. So what I do is I spend my first hour of the day, just it's completely on everybody else. It's like listening to your podcast and leaving a review. It's connecting people that I know need to be connected. You know, my friend Gustavo's moved to Miami. My friend Craig's in Miami, very, both successful. You guys need to know each other. So I do that daily. I'm just reaching out to people with no expectation. So I do that for the first hour or two of the day. And that has been a game changer because that's opened up the network and the floodgates in terms of just, just relationships with other people without like, hey, will you buy my book or listen to my podcast? It's nothing about that. Right. I have no expectation things are going to happen. But, it, but the relationships just keep growing from that. So that's, that's a big thing for me. That's brilliant. It's almost like, you know, you reap what you sow. Yeah. It's like this. How do you want to be treated? Right. Yeah. And, and so I say to people, when was the last time somebody wrote you a thank you note? It's been a while. When was the last time somebody reached out to you with a Facebook messenger just to see how you're doing? Didn't happen. Right. Didn't happen today. Yeah. Go be that person. Yeah. 
I've caught myself a couple of times sending somebody a message to maybe ask a question. I'm just like, hey, can you tell me what this is? And forgetting the whole, hey, how's it going for you, Vincent? Yep. Like, how, how are your kids? You know, I know your son just did this or did that. And, you know, oh, by the way, do you know the answer to this question? Yeah. You know, sometimes we just jump right in in this digital age of quick kind of questions. Like, hey, Vincent, answer this question. Yep. Exactly. Without thinking, without being a human. Right. And saying, <laughs> hey, what, I saw that you guys went to whatever game. How was that? And then two questions later ask. Right. Right. But right away, and then, but it's what people, it, there's like, there's no social training in this right. any longer. Yeah. It, our grandparents knew way more than we gave them credit for. You know, it, yeah. was, it was long <laughs> dinners. It was sitting outside with each other. It was spending time together that, that built that. Cause now I know what your kids are up to, what your wife's doing and how you're thinking and that kind of thing. Cause it's a real relationship. Mm-hmm. And, my fear is people listen and go, but how do I get really quick? Like, how can you introduce me to Seth Godin? Yep. Well, I could introduce I get, you, but you won't have a relationship. You'll just I get that meet every him. week. Every right. week somebody <laughs> says it, right? And it's like, what am I supposed to do? It's like, it's it's not benefiting him right. if we just do a, a – and, and they, they, he doesn't know that you're invested in something. He doesn't know that you're looking not looking for a quick fix, right? And that's not the way it works. I look at it this way. This is – to me, this is the 1850s with the internet. Right. It, it it really it's it's like you you're next to the cobbler, you're next to the baker, and you get to know each other. But now you have the internet to connect, and if you think of it that way, it's so much easier. But it's not. But you got to build relationships. But then you have such an advantage with Facebook that you could have all these connections, and you could do it on a grander scale. But it's still personal. Yeah. Right. And that was like my number one, two, and three takeaways from podcast movement was like, I'm going in there like, how do I grow the audience? How do I grow the audience? And every session I went to, whether it was Pat Flynn, um, heck, the orientation that you and the lady from Congressional Dish were talking about, and uh, John Lee Dumas, you know, all those guys, it was just hands down. No, you, you just talk to people yep, right. and you connect with people and don't worry about the numbers, worry about being good, worry about helping others. And I was like, yeah, forget this numbers thing. And, you know, there's like the numbers will come. But I, I tell yeah. you, from being in a mastermind with John for a year, he does this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the funny thing to me is all these people that are not having that type of success with their podcast don't want to do it. Yeah. But you have right. Pat and John that have all the success in the world and they're still doing it. Right. Exactly. So why yeah. are you? They're way more successful than you are, but you're somehow better than them that you can't put this time into it. <laughs> exactly. It says so much too. Like that's why they have that success. They have yeah. those numbers, and the other person doesn't. It's because yep. they're they're cultivating that, and they could totally phone it in now and be okay they for totally another did. year or two. You know, probably before mm-hmm. they would eventually fall off. But they don't want to live that way. You know, and and that's that's why I think the the analogy of meeting Seth Godin. It's like, yeah, I could probably call him up and say, hey, for five grand, will you come to my thing? He's like, sure, but we won't be friends. You will have paid me to be here because we don't have a relationship. And he might not even say, sure. He's like, who are you? No, yeah, I'm sorry. I got more than likely wouldn't take my call. <laughs> but, but I'm, I'm going to give you an example, which is perfectly in line. We did a thank you tour when my book came out and I didn't want to do a book tour. I didn't want to do book signings. I don't want to go to Barnes and Noble. I've been to them. I'm bored with them. So I said, why don't we just have the whole family get together and we're going to go on a road trip. And what we're going to do is we're going to stack the car with books. This is January 2nd, so it was cold leaving Pittsburgh. <laughs> and we're going to go 
across the country and we're going to give the book to all the people that we can get to that helped us. Oh, wow. So we went through wow. Nashville and, you know, Dan Miller and Dave Ramsey at their places gave it to him. You know, Pat Flynn, we got to have coffee with him for 90 minutes with the kids, got to meet him. And then we got to see Seth. He was in Orange County, California, and he was doing a Q&A. So I messaged him. I said, I'd love to be able to give you the book. He goes, yeah, let's make it happen. My kids made thank you cards for him. You know, purple cows on it. Because yeah. his name <laughs> in the book was way more important than my name in the book. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> so I go to the Q&A and I, and I give him the book. And he said, how'd the book launch go? And I said, it went great. I had no expectations. And he got really serious. <laughs> and he said, he said, that's perfect. Never have any expectations when you write a book. This nice. is go 19 bestsellers. Yeah. So I go in the front row and that's a rule of mine. I always go in the front row if I can and ask a question. So he goes up on stage and he puts my book under his chair. So I take a picture of the book because I'm like, oh my God, my book's underneath Seth's chair. And that was the big deal. So about an hour later, I raised my hand to, to ask a question. And he said, Vincent, he goes, tell us about your new book. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm like, and all of a sudden I'm thinking, I do not want to abuse this relationship. I do not want to use him. For, and I said, that's not what I'm here for. And he goes, he says, I know, I know. He goes, I'm just trying to get you some product placement. And he holds the book up. <laughs> nice. So I have a yes. picture of him holding the book up. It's on camera for Beyond the, Brand, Beyond the Brand. And the funniest thing about it, like just what you mentioned, you could pay him. Now, if he would have said to me, pay me $5,000 and I'll hold up your book, I probably would have done it. Yeah, exactly. Right? But I wouldn't be telling this story. Right. And this story is generosity of him. He put the book under his chair. And when I asked the question, Instead of thinking of himself, he was thinking, I'm going to hold Vincent's book up. And for doing something for free and generous, I tell this story every chance I can because it was unexpected, unneeded generosity that he did that was never going to be remembered. And I want that moment to live on because to show somebody that does not need it is still like Pat and John are still believing generosity is the answer. And like you said, those are three people that don't have to give you the time of day, don't nope. have to care anything about your book or anybody else for that matter, and they're going to be fine. Plus, I think just the concept that somebody like Seth Godin has no expectations in a book launch, it's like, I don't know how he would be that way because I've never had a book launch, but I'm assuming I would have expectations. But that makes him happy because he can live his life. He just, he can be without, and that's how you post so many times on a blog is because I'm posting what I want. Yep. I, I can't post it because it might go to 5,000 or 50,000. I have to just post it because that's what I want. And, and he's not writing seven steps to this or the nine <laughs> hacks for this. He's yeah. writing titles that aren't, um, keyword friendly. Yeah. Right? right. So I, if you look at my podcast, it's the same thing. They're not, they're not clickbaity. They're not seven steps to anything. It's just consistency. Every day at four o'clock in the morning, you're going to get a podcast coming to you because I want you to trust me and I want you to enjoy the, it's not about how do we get as many people as quickly as possible. And this is true because people listening that get on the internet, they all say the same thing. We've all experienced this. You clicked on something because of the headline and you were so disappointed in the story because there wasn't a story. It was just, it was clickbait. That's all yep. it was. And you're like, why did I fall for it? Yeah. That's because that process doesn't work. It's about trust. It's about relationships and it's about being honest because then you don't have to worry about it. That's they're, the only way Nobody can call you out on your lies because you just are who you say you are. You presented That's what exactly you said right. you were presenting. Yeah. 
It's so true. I love I love this conversation. <laughs> yeah. I think so we ditched if, the plan like 20 minutes ago. So, <laughs> so if, if you live, leave a five-star rating and review, we will give you seven steps to just listen to what we just said. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, now, um, I know our time's running short, Vincent. Um, what is the best way for folks to – actually, no, I don't want to get to that one yet. Because I'm curious if you can even drum up a, an answer to this one. But what is something that no one's asked you yet, uh, whether it's a, an interview or w- from a podcaster or YouTuber or for a printed article? But what's something no one's asked you that you, you just would really love to share or get off your chest or just throw out there? <laughs> which is really hard because I've listened to your show. I've listened to you. And you're already an open book. So Yeah, I, I don't I don't think I have it because I simply – I try to think of what questions are people going to ask me and that's what I put out there. Yeah. And so the things like me getting arrested and oh you're going to like the one about me get, how I got my license. Oh. I, I don't know that one. I never should I sh- I shouldn't have a license right now. Right because of, um, <laughs> Do we need to later. cut this? So <laughs> hypothetically speaking, what happened? I, that, that's exactly how it's going to go. And even at the very end of it, I said and when I was in high school, I said I said to a police officer that was in my class, I said hypothetically <laughs> If somebody did this, what yeah. would happen? And they said, well, hypothetically, that person would find themselves without a license for about five years and they'd be in a whole lot of trouble. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. Good to know. Good I'll go know. tell my friend. <laughs> yeah, I'll go tell my friend. Exactly. So, no, nice. I don't really have – I mean, I, I try to put it all out there. I try to be – you know, there's nothing to hide. And so, I'm still waiting for that question that's going to stump me. I know. What, yeah. What is your uh, social security number? There you yeah, go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> High five. Has anybody asked that one? There you go. No one's answered that on our show. <laughs> you, fi- you finally found a way to get me to shut up. I just completely clammed up. And I'm like, I really want to say it, but I'm like, I probably shouldn't. So. Yeah. yeah, don't answer that one. Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, My but, son, uh, the other day, he was filling out something and it wanted the last five of your social security number. Oh. And he goes, it's always four. Now it's five. I don't know. <laughs> I have to think about Maybe. it for a minute. And then one day it'll be the whole thing again, right. yep. full circle. Um, so, uh, what's the best way for folks to reach out to you and you know connect with you, get coaching, all that good stuff? Yeah, the, I'm, the most fun thing for me is the podcast. So it's a Total Life Freedom podcast. Um, if you want to check that out, it's a daily. It's a five to eight minute show. It's solo. I always want to do things a little differently. There's no intro. There's no outro. <laughs> there's no ads. I don't even say my name. I figure you're smart enough if you hear <laughs> the intro that that you know who I am. You got me um, on that one because I was like, how do I say his last name? And I went and I listened to like six episodes in a row. I'm like, he doesn't say his name in any episode. Nope. Nope. You, I don't even get my first name in there. I just don't. I, here's what happened is I did a daily podcast for my mastermind. I have group of masterminds I run. So I did a daily internal podcast for them. And there was no intro. There was no music. There was no, I didn't say my name because they knew who I was. And when I started doing this, when I tried that and I said, it sounds so hokey and all of my masterminds people were like, oh, you're selling out now doing this thing. So I was like, you know what? I'm not changing it. Let's yeah. do it. So the go. podcast is great in terms of getting in touch with me, Total Life Freedom um, podcast and the website's totallifefreedom.com. And also the book, Freelance to Freedom, if you want a free audio version. We yep. recorded the audio version and we give it away for free because I'd love for as many people to listen as possible. So at our website, totallifefreedom.com slash F2F book, the number two um, is you can download the free audio book. So that's, that's the best way. 
And I'm assuming all that'll be in the show notes. Of course. Right? Otherwise, you'll fire me and <laughs> good job. replace me with somebody good. So. Now, if they want a personally signed copy, do they just come to your house? or That's right. Know, they, go, go, okay, cool. Give them, give them Jerry's address and I'll okay. be there. <laughs> all right. No, we, no. We will set that up. Because <laughs> I don't know if he remembers, but payback, I actually threw your real number in one of our episodes <laughs> and I left it in there. And nobody called me. Uh-huh. Yet. 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 Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So. Now they're going to go back and find it. Yeah. Yeah. Eight, it six, seven, five, three, oh, nine. It's one of the two with Jimbo Clark. So oh, I just okay. noted it down for you. Cool. So. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Vince, for coming on and uh, giving us all that uh, great information, but mostly just having a great conversation with you. And I know taking a little time out of your day and your kids are waiting and all of that. So we really appreciate it. Well, first of all, they're driving me crazy today. This, this is a pleasure just to be able to get away for a little bit. Uh, but thank you guys. This has been so much fun to have this conversation. If you like everything you heard in this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 197. There you'll find a link to Vincent's website, as well as his coaching program, his book, and so much more. It's also a great way to get in touch with us because we have our contact information there as well. Now, the best way you can support our show is to share us with a friend, a family member, a coworker, or that neighbor across the street. That's right. Go across the street and share this with them because they probably dream of having a successful freelancing career. And you just heard two episodes in a row about this topic because Laura Briggs talked about it from a freelance writing perspective. Vincent's talking about it from photography and other perspectives. So maybe you're hearing a theme. I don't know. That's up to you to decide. We're glad you joined us this week. We look forward to joining you next week. But until then, we need you to go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.